Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Field Hockey Edition. My name is Joe Marchalina, and joining me again, Sauhegan Field Hockey Coach and AD Kelly Braley. Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm great. I would have been better if the Pats held on a little bit more <laughs> in the fourth, but can't have everything. No, you can't. I'm a little annoyed by that one, too, but for, for different reasons. Uh, actually, probably multiple different reasons, but we don't need to get into that on a, <laughs> on a high school sports podcast. Uh, Fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't forget, uh, you can send any questions and feedback uh, on the Field Hockey Show uh, by shooting us an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on TikTok at nhhsports. And the Field Hockey Show is posted every Monday at nh-highschoolsports.com. All right. Well, um, let's, let's just jump right in here. Uh, it was uh, another, I think, interesting week here with some some really key games, um, you know, in every division, really. Uh, but the one I wanted to start out with was probably the one that you were most interested in uh, going on in Division Two this past Thursday uh, between John Stark and uh, and Portsmouth. Um, yeah, what a what a battle that game was. Yeah, I um, I again, I I got out there. I was a little, running a little bit late on Thursday. Surprise, surprise. Um, that seems to be one of my, my most common states is, is late. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but you know, I got, I got there probably with a couple minutes left in the first quarter and, you know, it's a scoreless game and, um, you know, right at the end of the quarter, Portsmouth had a couple of really good chances and, and just missed on, on, on them, um, you know, to keep it scoreless going into the second, uh, and, you know, Stark got an opportunity in that second quarter, was able to get a one nothing lead, and um, it it really made a huge difference having that lead. I mean, both teams, I, I think, went into this game having not trailed all season, uh, not just not trailed, not being tied other than, you know, it's at 0-0. And that goal seemed to kind of rock Portsmouth a little bit, um, you know, just because they hadn't been in that position. Uh, but in the second half, they really tilted the field the other way and, um, you know, really went after that uh, tying goal. Uh, it took them a good while to get it. They had a couple of chances that were near misses. Um, there was one that I thought for sure they were going to score on where they got, uh, were able to take advantage of, of Stark coming up kind of kind of far um, on a rush and the ball got behind the Stark defense. And you had uh, Charlotte Marston coming down one side of the field with the ball and kind of trailing her, but but trying to get back on the other side was Darla Mahoney, and uh, probably two two maybe if you're playing Portsmouth, two of the three players you don't want to see bearing down alone on your goalie. For um, sure, that was that was a play I was holding my breath for too. Yeah. I mean, Charlotte put that ball, you know, beautifully placed just just wide right of the net, and and Darla was inches away from, yeah. from putting that in. So that was a that was a scary play. Yeah, <laughs> if you're uh, Stark. And it, yeah, so that that keeps it one nothing, and then Portsmouth ends up tying it. And I thought they had got a lot of momentum, um, you know, from that goal. I guess that's there's kind of what two maybe two situations you you have there as a team that's that's um, that ties it. You've got either the momentum or you maybe take a step. Do you think you you maybe take a step back there too sometimes just because you've tried so hard to get back into the game? I think Portsmouth took their step back after Stark put that first one in. Um, and I, I think, you know, like you said, it, it definitely rattled them at first because, you know, until this game, 
you know, Stark put in the same number of goals they've let up all season so far, you know, through eight games, Portsmouth had only given up two goals. Yeah. Um, so, so having that first one go in is a little bit of a, like, a, Oh, okay. You know, we've got to find our bearings again and figure out how to overcome this. And then, you know, I think for Portsmouth, once they, once they put that first, you know, one in to tie at one, one was definitely a, uh, a load off the shoulders and they could settle into their game a little bit more and, and, you know, remind themselves like, yeah, we're the defending state champs and, and we can get this done. Um, and the thing they had done too was it was in trying to tie the game. I think like I said, Portsmouth had controlled a lot of play. Um, and it wasn't till that goal went in that, that, you know, Stark was really able to get a lot of, uh, or get any kind of real opportunity. And their one corner of the second half came with about four minutes left. Um, you know, and they were able to tie it off that. It was, I mean, you know, the 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 intensity, um, just the back and forth play, all of it. It it felt it had the feel of of one of those you know playoff game type atmospheres. Um, you know, because of the weather, uh, the Portsmouth girls soccer team had had their game moved from a road game to a home game, so they were getting ready to play at six uh, after uh, the field hockey game. So you had like. A lot of the soccer people were already there, um, you know, just kind of adding to it. Uh, so the mm-hmm. atmosphere was fantastic. And, um, you know, certainly a matchup that um, you kind of hope to see, you know, somewhere down the road, too. I, I thought it was a, a, a great game. One of the better games I've seen definitely this year um, and maybe even the last couple of years. Yeah, it was a, the weather. The weather and having to do my AD duties kept me kept me at Sohegan so I didn't get to make the trip to Portsmouth. But. Thank goodness for technology and live streaming. So I get to see, <laughs> I got to see the game that way. But um, yeah, I mean the, the Stark defense um, and I, I'm, I'm talking like full team defense, not their, not just their backs, but um, keeping Portsmouth out of the circle for a good chunk of that game. Portsmouth is so deadly once they get in and start drawing corners. Um, so, you know, start keeping them out of the circle, I think was huge. And then, Edie Fisher and that for them. I mean, she came up with what a dozen saves at least. Um, I think that's right. That yeah. were really yeah. big. So, um, you know, great work for them. And, and, you know, Portsmouth is gonna, Portsmouth's coming hungry for their next opponent. <laughs> I'd imagine. I wonder who that is. <laughs> do we know, do we know who they're playing next? I, <laughs> I think, uh, but it looks like Portsmouth's coming to South Egan on oh, Tuesday. How about that? How about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I want to mention too before we kind of uh, it was uh, Kaylin Worthen who had both goals for for Stark, and uh, she's just a a freshman um, for yeah. the Generals, and you know looking at their lineup, you know I, I you went into this this game. There's what the three of you uh, are are we're all undefeated in Division Two, you know Portsmouth, mm-hmm. Stark, Sowhegan, um, and you know I looking over your rosters, I you know I feel like as much as there is star power i guess in high school sports i think you guys you guys at sowhegan and portsmouth kind of had that you know you mentioned you know charlotte marston mia edwards um you know you guys have um ella barrett and um and i'm gonna mispronounce your your goalies and last name so if you you annie radawazo thank you um you know you've got you've got some some kids who've been around for a while who have been all state players who have are going to play you know next level Stark has a lot of kids this year who are, you know, freshmen, sophomores, juniors who are, are still starting to come up, kind of almost those unsung kind of players, um, which I feel like is kind of an interesting 
way to match up, which also made it kind of harder, I think, to gauge, you know, make a prediction, if you will, of, of last Thursday's game. Yeah, they have some, they have uh, a real youth movement um, in their program for sure. I think a lot of their, a lot of their forward line are, are freshmen. And I know they have a couple of freshmen at the midfield as well. So, um, you know, with that youth and, and energy comes, you know, nothing to lose, right? right and everything yeah. to gain where, you know, you have a team like Portsmouth who just won a state championship or, you know, Sauhegan, my seniors have been to two state championships and a final four. So, you know, we've, we've gone the distance, um, but you know, the, the, the youth is on Stark is, you know, just excited to excited to be there and play and contribute. And they are, they're doing a great job thus far. And they, they almost don't know any better kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, like and like you said, Tuesday, Tuesday night, six o'clock at Sauhegan on the turf under the lights. Uh, weather's supposed to be nice, I think, at least uh, think se- so. seasonably nice. Um, I mean, just what do you uh, what do you kind of expect from this game? You know, not 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 asking you to br- to you know break down your game plan or anything like that. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, no. I mean, this is these are two teams. You guys are, are very familiar with each other too, right? You played in yeah. the in the, fi- in the final four last year. Um, seen them in the regular season. Yeah, it was a, I, you know, I mean, we're obviously excited to have them come to town. There, Portsmouth was the last team that we lost to, so we're we're excited for the opportunity to to set things straight. But we know it's going to come with an unbelievable challenge, and you know, especially them coming off that loss to Stark. You know this this game with Portsmouth and then our game with Stark, I think is definitely going to, you know, cement kind of the seedings going into the tournament as far as the, you know, the top third of the division goes. So, um, you know, it's a game that has a ton of weight on it um, with two veteran teams um, with coaches that have been there a while and who are very familiar with each other and, and how they play. And a lot of our players play club together. So um, I think it'll be a really fun game. I think it'll be really exciting. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready for Tuesday. All right. So it looks like Tuesday night in Amherst, uh, you got a high of during the day of 70, Beautiful. Uh, a low overnight low of 47. So hopefully I don't think we'll hit that, uh, during the game. I would hope not, uh, sunset no. at, at, uh, 6 34 PM. So I have a little bit of sun left there for the start. That's Wonderful. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a great evening for field hockey. So come on out. Looks like We'd not, love to have you. <laughs> not really, not really any wind. Maybe if it says uh, five to 10 miles an hour. Um, so maybe a little bit here and there, uh, but that's during the day. So yeah, it looks like it's going to be a great day. And then like you said, that yeah, that's the fun thing too, is, is you got kind of a, a round Robin sort of uh, uh, play here where you guys, you know, Portsmouth and Sark played last week. Sauhegan and Portsmouth play this coming week. And then Sauhegan and John Stark play the following week. I think that's that's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, you know, when you get those kind of games in, not like not quite, you know, bang bang right in a row there, uh, but you know they um, they're not too far behind each other. And you know, right. and like you were saying too, that the uh, in terms of seeding, this this is huge too because this year with there being an extra team in the division, there's an extra team in the playoffs. Right. Uh, so 14 teams means only the top two get buys. Correct. So yeah. one of the three of you is going to end up having to play in that opening round. Yeah. Which is, you know, I think for me, the, the, those first two rounds are always the scariest to play in. Yeah. 
um, you know, for different reasons other than, you know, once you get to that final four, but, um, you know, that's where the big upsets can happen. And that's where, you know, that's where it would be nice to kind of, you know, get that by and, and do some, do some, you know, work that needs to be done in order to be able to go the distance in the playoffs and not, you know, have to, have to squeeze an extra one in and, you know, you can kind of adjust your training schedule because the, the playoff schedule switches from what our normal game schedule is. Right. Um, and I'm a big, I, I mean, at least I know my team is, and I'm sure I can't be the only one. My, my team are big creatures of habit. So getting them to kind of switch their rhythm to a Wednesday, Saturday schedule, as opposed to a Tuesday, Friday, doesn't, you know, sound like that big of a deal, but sometimes it can be. So having that buy to be able to adjust is, is really helpful. You know, and then just taking a quick look at the standings, there's a, a team that's kind of coming up, um, you know, in, in hot pursuit of the, the, the top three there uh, would be Dairyfield. Um, yeah. You know, they've they've risen up in the standings at, to six and two. Um, and the two losses to, to Sauhegan to Portsmouth and, and a couple of their wins, they've got, um, you know, a couple one-goal wins over, um, you know, Merrimack Valley and Plymouth. Uh, you know, a nice win over Goffstown, um, you know, and Kingswood, you know, they're, um, they, they have, kind of, I've seen them a couple of times and, um, you know, they've got some, some talented kids, but they feel like they're also really solid across the board. Yeah. They were a team, I think early on and, you know, they might've struggled a little bit to get going in those, you know, first four, four or five games, especially they've got you know, two marquee players in their program and Kira Geddes and, and Kennedy Overhoff, but, but you're right. Like they've put together a full field of players who are now, you know, starting to click and complement each other really well. And Kelsey's a great coach. So I, I imagine that they'll, you know, be problematic come playoff time and, and we'll put in a, put in a deep run. Any, uh, any other thoughts on, uh, on division two, anybody else that's kind of been, uh, any surprises from this past week? Um, I think that, I think Kennett's a team that's still, you know, flying under the radar. Yeah. And I think typically they do in D2 just because of proximity. <laughs> um, right. But, you know, they're another team that, that is a bit of a, a question mark. I mean, definitely for me, I, in my fun fact, in, in my what, 11 years of coaching, I've never played Kennett in the regular season. Uh, oh, we've only seen them in playoffs a couple of times. Yeah, it's, it's odd. But, you know, they're right there with Dairyfield as well. It's at six and two. So, um, you know, that's that's something that I think people need to start paying attention to because they're going to be right there in the mix as well. And that's a program, too, that perennially sees, you know, these deep playoff runs and, and knows how to win. So I think that they're a team we got to keep our eye out for as well. And they've got, uh, you know, after Portsmouth plays uh, you guys on Tuesday, they have to go to Kennett on Friday. Yeah. Uh, that's a big game there. And then... Um, you know, Kennett usually plays uh, Berlin twice a year, and they've got that second game against them coming up. Uh, that was one of their two losses on the year. Uh, mm -hmm. And then they finish the year at Dairyfield on the last uh, last day of the regular season. Yeah, which that could be a tiebreaker, right? Like yeah. that head-to-head -head win might might break the tie, depending on how both teams finish the rest of the way out. So some interesting matchups to come still in D2 for yeah. sure. Uh, you know, and then if you look at, um, you know, matchups, um, you know, we talked last week about, uh, you know, a team in Division One that was going to have quite a stretch coming up, that being Winnicunit. Um, you know, they were hitting kind of the iron of their schedule. 
in the, in the midseason here. Uh, and up to this point, uh, so far, so good. They they go to Dover last week and win 2-1. And then kind of the, the big one is uh, last Thursday uh, against Exeter. They, they pull out a uh, 3-2 overtime win in a game where they had the score, I think, in the final minute of regulation to tie it. Or, or at least or it was late in regulation. And then I think actually now that I, I want to flip that, I think it was the last minute of overtime that they scored uh, to win the game. So wow. that's uh that's kind of a, uh, maybe not an eye opener. I don't think, I don't think it's a surprise to see when kind of win that one, but maybe in the fashion uh, that they win that to, to kind of, um, you know, get Exeter like that late in the game. Yeah. Uh, that's, and that's a grind too, right? You play, yeah. 60 minutes of field hockey and then a 10 minute 77 overtime and, and at when it cut it too. So on the grass. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a lot, like that's a lot of physical work to get through. You know, you've got to do a lot more because um, the ball is not going to move quite as fast. Um, so yeah, an unbelievable start to there. I think we called it the gauntlet last <laughs> week, an unbelievable start yeah. to win a kind of, win a kind of gauntlet pulling off two huge wins, um, you know, still with Wyndham to go, uh, later this week, I think they play them Wednesday. Wednesday, and then they they go to Concord on Friday. Right. So I mean, still two more big ones to go, and and it's it, the wild thing for me was, and we were talking about it before, how that that one loss for Exeter drops them to fourth in the standings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because of that tie, that tie with um, Wyndham early on. Um, so it's. Yeah, it's it's crazy how much these games, you know, matter, especially coming down the stretch here. Um, it's then, top top five in D one. We'll get the buy. Get buys, yes, um, the, the top yeah. five. Um, what's interesting too is that you know even with that win, Winnicott only moves up to third, right? Uh, because of their tiebreaker with Bedford, that was the one their one loss is to Bedford. So here you have you know we talked a couple of weeks ago about about BG Concord and Dover, you know, beating up on each other. Uh, and then we've got that here too now with with Exeter, Winnicott, and Bedford all Bedford. You know, beating each other, and then with um, you know with Wyndham still to play Bedford and Winnicott. Uh, actually, those are, are Wyndham's next two games, um, stretched out over the next um, nine or ten days. Uh, you know that's that's going to be an interesting setup too. And and you look at you know looking at Wyndham's schedule, um, they've already played you know they've played a ton of home games already. They've got six games remaining with five of them on the road. Right. So that's kind of a, a, a strange um, situation for them. Yeah, that's I've never seen I've never seen a schedule, I think, quite that heavy in the in the home and aways beginning and end. But, yeah, to have to go three on the road now, one at home for, you know, I'm assuming senior night and then two more on the road is um, is a tough stretch, especially with the places they have to go, you know, going to Winnicott. Having is their next one, like you said, having just seen what happened to Exeter at Winnicott. Yeah. Um, and then at Bedford, um, a couple of days later is is that's no easy feat for for the Wyndham team either. And then to finish up at Dover, um, yeah, they've they've got a lot they've got a lot still to come as well. Yeah, some fun fun road trips there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I, I did want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, th- this this week I got to. Well, first off, I want to I want to say I, I made a mistake last week uh, and I've done this. I've learned my lesson with this on, on other podcasts and I made I, I learned my lesson last week with field hockey, too. 
I do not t- say on the podcast where I'm going to go because something ends up happening that ends up screwing up the entire week. And I think, yep. I, I, think I mentioned before we finished last week what games I was going to go to. And then you had the weather on Monday screw up the schedule, end up not going where I anticipated. Um, I did get to um, Central West and Londonderry on Tuesday, and but then again Thursday was running a little bit late. Uh, so that's that. Let me get that out of the way. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna preview that. I, I'll, I'll put it somewhere. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it somewhere else that you can read. But I'm not gonna put it on the podcast because then, I, oh, hey, Joe, why weren't you at this game? I was like, well, we're keeping Joe's location yeah. top secret. Yeah, see, <laughs> it's uh, it's a need to we'll know. Add a, we'll add a where in New Hampshire is Joe March. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> um. So anyway, sorry, get that out of the way. But I did get to see um, Londonderry a couple times this week. Um, you know, they're they're a team that I, I feel like I've usually, you know, I just because they have always kind of been in the mix, I think, in, in Division One, um, whether it's, you know, the upper echelon or kind of like middle of the, the pack, they're, they're always a playoff team, I feel like, um, always competitive. I uh, hadn't been able to get out to see them until this week. Um, and I, you know, did see them in the summer league um, this year. And they're I, they're a team. Just looking at their schedule, it seems like they've had a lot of ups and downs. And even just within this week, um, you know, they had that. They they w- beat Central West three to one in a game where they were pretty flat for the first half. Came out flying to start the second half. Had a bit of a lull and then put that game away. They turn around the next day, go to Bishop Girton, lose that one five to one. Then they come back out Saturday, back home for Saturday's game against Pinkerton, get two goals in the first quarter, they're up 2-1, and then they have to withstand uh, a third quarter where Pinkerton has nine corners. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't score on any of them, and then they survive that one 2-1. to one. I feel like last week is just kind of a you know, a snapshot of, of what the Lancer season has been. Um, and, and I feel like they're a team that, that on their good days, they're going to compete with everybody. Um, it's just whether or not they can, can they get that out on a, on a more consistent basis? Yeah. It seems like they, I mean, they're in the majority of games that they're, that they're playing, right? It's a one goal loss to Dover and Timberlane and a two goal loss to Wyndham. Um, but they are in, they're in those games. So they definitely, definitely have the pieces, the, um, the, the way that they're scoring their goals too, like the Pinkerton one is a, is a perfect example. Like you come out hot out of the gate, put two in, but then to have to last another 45 minutes, you know, withstanding the onslaught of corners and, and, you know, kind of being back on your heels and hemmed in a little bit is, is terrifying. And I'm sure that that's not the way, you know, Londonderry wants to, wants to finish their season, but they can, they can absolutely, they can absolutely compete with, um, with the teams they have left. I think Exeter will probably be the, the toughest opponent for them. Um, but I'm also interested in, in how they're going to fare against Concord. You know, they're, they're at a spot where all of their wins really matter. Like they're going to need, they need the wins against Salem and North um, and Keene. If, you know, the Exeter Concord games aren't going to go the way they want to um, in order to get themselves a, a decent spot in the playoffs. Yeah. That, that Salem one is an, is kind of one that's, that has taken on a different look now too. Um, you know, with Salem coming off a, a huge win last week over Pinkerton, mm-hmm. um, and and Salem has had a, a kind of a strange season. They opened the year scoring ten goals against North, and then yeah. they have a scoreless tie against BG, 
but then they they lose their next uh, five games all without scoring. But then I, this is just weird. You know, you look at the four the first four of those games, they lose one nothing, two nothing, three nothing, four nothing. So if you're looking at it on the schedule, it's one, two, three, four. Um, yeah, which is just it, it kind of strange. But and then they bounce back with that two nothing win over Pinkerton, and now they've they too are in kind of the same boat. I think Londonderry is where they've got some games coming up that you know if they can can have the success in those games, they can pull out a couple wins there. You know they're right back in the mix too. Yeah, Salem still has. It looks like they still have quite a bit on their schedule left. Um, you know they still have to go. They still have to get through. Um, Winnicott and Bedford. Um, they've got to get through London area and Timberline, which I don't think are going to be walks for them. And I think Central can put up um, a bit of a, a bit of a fight at times as well. So, yeah, they're going to need they're going to need all their wins too. Uh, anybody else in Division One that kind of has uh, I don't know anything odd to you or or standing out um, as we uh, take a last look there. Um, Keene and, and Central West, I think, are two teams. I still wanna, I still want, I still want them to like show, show their identity. I guess a little bit, if that makes sense. Uh-huh, like, yeah. you know, like who, who are you guys gonna be? Are you gonna be these teams that, you know, can can shut teams out and score four goals? Are you gonna be the grind out winners? Because they've they've done both, right? Like, Keene's had some big wins, um, but then they've also, you know given up a couple losses that were that were um you know close um and central i think you know has the ability to score um but aren't putting in the number of goals i i i know that bill their coach would would want them to Uh um so i think that this i i think that the next two weeks especially for those two teams are going to be really telling to see whether they're going to be on the inside or or, you know, outside looking in on the playoff picture. You know, it's kind of strange, too. I know we've talked about this. Um, I think maybe uh, maybe not on the, the podcast, but I know scheduling-wise, we've talked about with D1 playing two extra games, looking at how many games some of these teams have left compared to, you know, Division Two, where it seems like some teams are down to, like, their last, you know, five games. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's such a... A, a huge difference where you look at at like you were like you were just saying keen um you know i think still has seven games left uh mm-hmm. and, and and same with central west um you know and we do have time to still kind of learn you know what what are these teams going to be whereas you look at, at the other divisions and it's you know oh well we're we're wrapping up the season here in the next week or two uh, right yeah but and and it's it's interesting too because even within division two there are teams that aren't playing the full 16 unless you know there are still some reschedules that have to appear on their schedule but it looks like Concord's only got 14 Exeter's got 15 which just means that those losses you know matter that much more when it comes to the rating I think they had a game that that disappeared <laughs> uh Concord and Exeter um oh okay yeah, maybe I, that's why. Maybe that's the missing game. <laughs> yeah, there, there was, there's a, there's because they're not on each other's schedule, right? Um, as it's showing right now. But then again, there's been so many goofy things going on with this site uh, over the weekend. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the internet ate it, uh, ate that game. <laughs> it just, it's with <laughs> it's all the just, missing yeah. socks from my dryer. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. Uh, and I, I did want to talk about. I know you know we we talked a little bit about some of the top teams in in Division Three, 
um, you know, over the last couple of weeks, uh, but wanted to kind of highlight a, a team and a, and a story that um, I'm, I'm working on for another uh, um, publication, uh, which I'm, I'm trying to branch out a little bit and do a little more freelance work, um, you know, because why not? Um, why not? <laughs> but uh, I got to talk to, um, you know, folks up at, at Muscoma, um Danielle, is it uh, Pushy? Is that how you pronounce her her last name there? Yes. yes. Yeah, I think and, so. And uh, she's got an interesting goalie uh, by the name of Gabby Pierce who um, had never played field hockey before and uh, decided to come out for the team this season. She's a junior. One of her friends talked her into playing, and uh, she decided to, that they were going to, you know, or they decided to put her in the goal. Uh, so she's been playing goalie for them this year. And, um you know, I, I talked to her and she said it, it really wasn't that that hard of a transition because uh, up until a couple of years ago, she had played football um, for, for a few years there as a, as a lineman uh, <laughs> on both sides of the ball. So she's kind of used to throwing on the pads and, and getting, uh, you know, taking a, hits and, and seeing a, um, you know, the, the ball shot at her kind of wasn't really that big of a change. Um, and playing in the pads wasn't that big of a change, but she's had what looks like a pretty good year, um, at least on paper so far. I mean, you know, Muscoma is kind of middle of the pack at the moment. Um, you know, they sit at three, four and one in division three. Um, you know, they got a couple of one goal losses to, to Hanover, Messenic, uh, Hanover being D2 and then, and then Messenic, one of the top teams in the division. Um, you know, and then a couple of close losses to Guilford and Newfound, um, you know, but that's a team that, that they, it sounds like they're pretty young. Um, you know, they kind of keep this group together and, and maybe they're a team next year we're talking about as one of the favorites. In yeah. That's such a cool, that's such a cool thing, right. To have, I mean, two, two brave decisions for the mask on the goalie coming out junior year to try something new is definitely not an easy thing. So, you know, big credit to coach pushy for creating a cult, a team culture and environment where, um, you know, girls want to, girls feel safe to come in and, and try out a new sport and do that. And then to, you know, be willing to put the pads on too. I'm glad we don't play Mascoma linebacker goalie kind of <laughs> terrifies me a little bit, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I mean, how, how great is that? And if they're able to hang with these top teams, you know, in a one, two goal game, and she's only a junior, you know, hopefully senior year with a season under her belt and, you know, some off season work. I think you're right. Mascoma might be the team we're talking about in, in 2023. Yeah. And they've got, you know, coming up a um, couple of games that, that, you know, they, they, you know, if you were, if you were doing such things, you'd maybe call them a, a favorite in, um, have an interesting one. Another, another game against D2 uh, with going to Lebanon um, Love, yeah. a week from tomorrow. That's an interesting one. Um, yeah. So yeah, they've, um, They've got, I, I would say, in some ways, a favorable schedule coming up too. So they could even still move up a little bit in the standings. Uh, maybe open. Yeah, their, that would be, that would be great. I mean, what a what a great confidence builder for for a new goalie and and for the team that's playing in front of her too. If they can, if they can get some more wins here and and solidify themselves in the top part of the standings, that would be that would be a really cool thing for them. You know, and it's still, I mean, you know, the, we're we're seeing a little bit of a, a shake up there, I guess, at the top, but it's still been the same kind of, um, the three teams still right up there. You got Guilford at um, eight and zero. I know it says seven, but for some reason, one of their wins isn't showing up uh, huh. in the standings again. Uh, just uh, you know, your normal natural weekend glitches here, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, you know, and then and then newfound in Newport right behind them, um, you know, in in up there, and it looks like Newport's got a couple wins too that aren't showing up. Um, but I mean, it's um, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see. I, I'd like to see some of these um, you know, games coming up. I mean, Guilford and Newfound play uh, on Monday uh, at Newfound. Um, so that should be a pretty interesting one. You got two teams that are putting up a ton of goals and not allowing yeah. a ton of goals. So, what's going to give there? You know, and then, yeah, that's scary for a, scary for a defense that maybe hasn't been tested so much, right? Like, if they're not giving up a ton, is it because they're not seeing a lot of shots, or or they're really solid? It's you know tough to tell. But when you got two high powered offenses going at each other, it'll be fun. Yeah. Oh, any other uh, any other thoughts on uh, Division Three or or just in general before we wrap up for the week? Well, I have so many thoughts in general, but <laughs> about about field hockey. Let's uh, oh, let's keep okay. it at that. <laughs> no, I mean, I this is this is the super fun part of the season for for I think all the all the girls. The weather's changing. You know, you can feel the chill in the air. The excitement's building as we get closer and closer to playoffs. So. Um, I'm I'm just really excited for another week of great games and and to see who comes out on top. I am yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to Tuesday night. I uh, I made had to to make the tough choice this past weekend to to go with uh, with pants for my Friday and Saturday games. I haven't had to wear a pair of pants and uh, I don't know since like May. I was a little worried yeah. about how that was going to go, but uh, <laughs> worked out okay. So I think I'm good yep. for the rest of the year. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's great news. <laughs> it is. It, you know, it was a little. Uh, well, you get older sometimes. You don't wear clothes for a while. You kind of you start to wonder. It's like, ah, oh, can I? Yeah, you never know. <laughs> um, you, we, we are. We're getting into getting into the fall weather, and it feels uh, feels pretty good. That that uh, nice crisp chill and. Uh, yeah, I had, to, I had to bust out my stadium jacket for a soccer game later or earlier this week at wow. at Sohegan, and I didn't hate it. I loved it. <laughs> Well, um, yeah. So fo- uh, follow along on uh, on on Twitter and Instagram. I'll be posting updates from that game Tuesday and and all the games really uh, that I'm at throughout the week. Uh, but we'll le- I'll leave you in suspense as to where else uh, where else I'll be. You'll have to just uh, keep an eye out on social media. Love it. All right. Well, uh, she's Kelly Braley, uh, AD at Sauhegan and the field hockey coach. Kelly, thanks again for joining me. Always, always a pleasure. Love starting my week like this. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I'm Joe Marcellina. We will talk to you again next week.